You're listening to The Journey Podcast. What is sugar addiction? What does it do to our brains and how can we beat it? Stay tuned for the details. This episode contains strong language and listener discussion is advised. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. We might not even be aware of the fact that we have a sugar addiction. Like so many things in life, it might get buried under the daily rush of trying to manage all of our responsibilities. But when it comes to our health, a sugar addiction can have a huge negative impact. Sugar not only affects our physical health, it can also impact our mental well-being. Understanding what a sugar addiction is, what it does to us, and how we can break it are crucial steps in reclaiming our well-being. Today, we connect with Rachel Murray to tell us all about sugar and sugar addiction. Rachel Murray is a registered holistic nutritionist and a sugar addiction recovery coach trained through Bitten Johnson. Her mission is to educate women on how to nourish their bodies and minds and live a life they love. She's especially passionate about helping women with sugar addiction ditch all the diets, discover their ideal body size, and find food freedom. Rachel guides her clients in identifying and implementing diet and lifestyle changes that allow them to live a purposeful life without being consumed by cravings and constant thoughts about food. She's influenced by a variety of sources to craft her approach to lifestyle and nutrition, including ancestral traditions, biochemistry, current research, and clinical experience. Using a holistic approach, she teaches her clients how recovery extends far beyond diet and exercise and guides them in creating effective sleep, community building, and spiritual practices. Her greatest mission is to help women realize they are so much more than their addiction so they can move past the food obsession and focus on living a full and purposeful life. Rachel is a former registered nurse and spent eight years in the clinical setting. She has developed a number of nutrition and lifestyle programs while partnering with personal trainers and fitness centers. Rachel has been featured on the Fed and Fearless, Unsweetened SIO, and Trail Tales ARP podcasts and has taught dozens of women how to thrive while living a sugar-free life. When she's not coaching and supporting her clients and community, Rachel loves to be outdoors with her husband, son, and dog, traveling, spending time with family, and lifting heavy in the gym. Without further ado, here is my interview with Rachel Murray. Hi, Rachel. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because sugar addiction is such an interesting space for mental well-being and holistic healing. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, Patreon. I'm so happy to be here. 
Yes, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to chat with you. And can you share a little bit about yourself to start and how you got into this work? Sure. Yeah. So it's taken a number of twists and turns getting to where I am today, but I've always been interested in health and wellness. That was my major in university. And then I went on to go on to train to become a nurse. And I did that for a number of years, all the while dealing with my own health issues that just kept seem to be, they were just compounding on each other and traditional medicine just wasn't addressing my needs. So I took matters into my own hands and went down the route of nutrition and took a nutrition program in the hopes that the knowledge that I would gain there would help me with all of the issues that I was dealing with, which ranged from gut issues to thyroid health, infertility, and some more. So anyways, I went down this route to support my own healing and discovered that what I was doing in terms of my nursing role wasn't supporting the health of my patients in the way that I had envisioned when I went through school. So I ended up switching and changing careers. I left nursing and went on to open a nutrition practice full time. And through that, I was getting a lot of the same clients who were mainly women who were struggling with their diet and sugar and they kept telling me that they were, you know, were doing everything right. They thought that they were eating healthy, but they couldn't lose weight or they were just struggling with aligning what they were eating with, with how they felt. And so I went on to take some additional training. And through that, I connected with one of my mentors, Bitten Johnson, and she had me go through this, what we call the sugar assessment, which basically goes through your life history and really looks at sugar addiction in detail. And through that, I discovered that I myself was actually a sugar addict. So it was somewhat of a shock, but also a huge relief because I had felt like an imposter in many ways because I was recommending these strategies to my clients, but I wasn't necessarily always following my own advice. So learning that I was also a sugar addict and needed to implement some different strategies was really a big relief. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that could be true, actually, for many people, listeners on the podcast, and, and even myself, when I think of busy days and what I do to consume food during those days, it's not always the healthiest choice. So Definitely, that could be a shock finding out that we are addicted to sugar. And can you explain a little bit what sugar addiction actually is and what that means and how it can affect you with things like your mood and energy levels? I guess that's the first part that you would notice. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So I look at sugar addiction and, you know, the experts in this field, we don't differentiate sugar addiction from any other addiction. It really is Addiction is one disease and we have different outlets. So that might be sugar, it might be gambling, it might be sex, it could be any of those, a combination. It might change throughout your life. One kind of stands in the forefront. But addiction really is a chronic medical disease and it has a whole bunch of different interactions at play. So it looks at your brain circuitry, your genetics, the environment you grew up in 
and your individual life experiences. So it's really this amalgamation of things. And sugar is really one of the first addictions that we see in people because it can start so early. It can start in the womb. I mean, we don't give we don't give alcohol to babies, but we do give them sugar. So the ability for this to appear early, early in life is definitely possible. And basically what happens when we're addicted to sugar is just that we develop this loss of control over certain foods and, you know, processed foods for sure can kind of be all clumped together. But beyond that, which foods trigger certain people really is different for each individual. In terms of mood, sugar affects our mood in a variety of ways. We can look at it kind of two ways. So we look at sugar, how it affects our mood when we're consuming it. And then there's also what happens when we detox or withdraw from it. So I think the most obvious example that people are probably aware of is that that feeling of hanger or being hangry. So that hungry, angry feeling that, that we hear people joke about. We've even seen advertisements on the television about it. But that hanger is actually more serious than most people realize. Feeling hangry is a cry for help from our body. And it's telling us that we need fuel fast because our blood sugar levels are dropping. And if you haven't experienced it, symptoms of your blood sugar dropping and that hanger can feel like extreme fatigue. Some people get headaches. You can feel anxious and irritable. So all of that is really because of the way that sugar interacts in our body. And, you know, the blood sugar swings that happen because of the consumption of sugar. So when we consume sugar, our blood sugar spikes, and then it's going to subsequently drop. And we can actually connect psychiatric-like symptoms to this. So like I mentioned before, irritability and anxiety, but even depression, bipolar, and ADHD, these can all be connected to our intake of sugar. So mm-hmm. that short-term solution, like the Snickers advertisement suggests, is to eat something with sugar or carbs. But unfortunately, this really just perpetuates the cycle. So we're kind of stuck because of our modern food environment. Most of us have never learned that there is another way for our body to obtain fuel and feel nourished and go longer periods without having this sugar in our body. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is some really great information. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if we're experiencing some of those symptoms, maybe, how could we determine if we have a sugar addiction? Is there a test or quiz like you mentioned? Is there something that we could do to check that? Absolutely. Yeah. The first thing I recommend that you do, and I can go through the questions here, There is a, it's just six questions that we can ask ourselves. And at the end of it, if you answered yes to two or more, then it's likely that you have some kind of problem with sugar. And then beyond that, there's a more in-depth interview that I can recommend. So if you'd like to, I can go through those six questions right now. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Okay. So as I go through the quiz, when I say sugar or sweets, this can be any carbohydrate. So it doesn't have to just be desserts and cookies. It could be pasta or bread, cereals, potatoes, as well as sweeteners. So the first question 
is in the past year, have you ever eaten more sweets than you intended to? Or have you spent more time eating sweets than you intended to? Number two, have you neglected some of your usual daily responsibilities due to using sweets or overeating? And number three, have you felt that you wanted or needed to cut down on eating sweets in the last year? Number four, if anyone, so family, friends, or healthcare practitioner, knew about your eating habits with sweets, would they object or protest? Number five, have you ever found yourself preoccupied with wanting sweets or found yourself thinking a lot about sweets? And last, number six, have you ever used sweets or food to relieve emotional discomfort such as fatigue, irritation, sadness, anger, tiredness, or boredom, etc. So if you go through these and you answer yes to two or more, it's highly likely that you do have a problem with sugar. And like I said, next would be to have that sugar assessment. That's the one that I described myself going through in the beginning of the interview. And this is going to help determine if you are truly addicted or what we call a harmful user. So this is someone who still has an issue with sugar, but is not addicted. And the reason why we want to differentiate this is just that the treatment for the two is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you so much for putting those questions out there. And as you're going through these questions, I'm thinking a little bit about my own lifestyle. And I'm wondering, nearly everything that you can get nowadays in the supermarkets or if you go out to a restaurant has sugar in it. So how can you limit your sugar intake and make that change to live a little bit more healthy? Right. Yeah. It is really difficult when you're in the supermarket because like you said, it is everywhere. And, you know, upwards of 80%, 85% of the foods in our grocery stores actually have sugar added to them. So the simplest way to limit your intake is to really just focus on whole foods and avoid the packaged foods. So most of these packaged foods are processed and they're going to have added sugar as well as other chemicals that we don't really want to be ingesting for our health. So for example, we want to focus on animal proteins like beef, poultry, pork, lamb, wild game, eggs, fish, and then our vegetables and natural fats. So natural fats would be those that you're going to consume with animal proteins, but they could also be olive oil, avocado, coconut oil, and butter, and then as well as fresh fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds and dairy products. But those last three, they can be a slippery slope for some people. So it really has to be individualized to the person. Mm -hmm. And we're generally told that we should have several helpings of fruits and vegetables every day. So how does fruit figure into the sugar scheme? Right. Yeah. So fruit is kind of a complex question. If we're looking just at blood sugar, then the sugars that are packaged in fruits are less detrimental to our overall health because they come with vitamins and fiber and other nutrients that are, our body's able to recognize and slow down the absorption of the sugar. So yeah, I mean, we, I don't think that there's a reason to demonize fruits. But like I said, for some people, fruits might be triggering and cause more craving. So it does have to be individualized. But in terms of, of addiction, some of us can eat fruit fairly regularly without any negative consequences and others are triggered. And 
you know, one person might be able to eat bananas, no problem, but apples trigger them or vice versa. So it is just really individualized. But if the fruit has then been altered, such as apples turning into apple juice, then the impact on our blood sugar and how the sugar hits our brain is going to be really different. So if we're taking in fruits, I really like to recommend that it's in the form of a whole fruit rather than something that's been processed. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there are different types of sugars. So are there some sugars that are worse than others? Yeah, that's another really great question. So there's actually more than 300 names for sugars now. So when you're looking at the packages of food, then you're very easily you know, fooled into thinking what you're eating might be healthy. So I wouldn't say that any one type of sugar is necessarily better than another. Some of these more chemicalized or artificial sweeteners have additional ramifications that we're still learning about. So I wouldn't say that one sugar is better than another. I know a few years back, I was having a discussion with somebody and they were talking about how they were baking with coconut sugar and they thought it was just so much more healthy. But in terms of the impact on our blood sugar and on our dopamine levels, which is what we hear a lot about with addiction is how it affects our dopamine levels. There really is no difference. So like I said, if it's packaged with a fruit or a vegetable, then yes, the impact on our body is going to be different. But the sugar itself, sugar is sugar, no matter what the form is. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit curious when we're talking about sugar addiction, so would you suggest then that if somebody would like to address their sugar addiction, that they actually need to look at the addiction part first before adjusting their nutrition because there might be some underlying you know, mental or emotional things that they may need to address first before they can really succeed in cutting out sugar? I think it really needs to be done at the same time. But one really important thing to understand is that sugar does change the way our brain works and the way our brain is wired. So it's really important that we do remove the sugar right from the beginning so that we can actually get our brain functioning the way that we need it to function because it's actually at a detriment if we're keeping that sugar in and trying to heal at the same time. So yeah, we definitely want to remove the sugar at the beginning and focus on the addiction at the same time. Mm -hmm. And are there any negative consequences to going, let's say, cold turkey on removing the sugar? Are all, all of those symptoms things that will pass again? Yes. I mean, it definitely can be uncomfortable depending on how much sugar you're consuming and just your individual genetics, but the symptoms will pass. There are ways that we can lessen the symptoms and, you know, not everybody wants to do it cold turkey. I think that for most people, that is the easier route, but some people do find that a stepwise approach is more doable. But yes, all the negative symptoms will dissipate. And there are things that we can do, such as ensuring that we're hydrating properly, because a lot of the withdrawal symptoms are going to be related to a fluctuation in our electrolyte balance. So supporting that can be really helpful. And then just ensuring that we're we're getting enough to eat because when we take out sugar, the goal isn't to decrease our overall calories necessarily, but it's just to switch up the macronutrients. So ensuring that we get enough protein and fat can be really helpful as well. Mm -hmm. 
And if people are wondering why they would want to quit a sugar addiction, is there any negative consequences health-wise or maybe even in the mental well-being space that sugar can have on your life long-term, for example? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Like I mentioned earlier, all of those mood effects, so the anxiety and depression and other mood disorders, those can be reversed for some people. They are completely reliant on that sugar. So when we remove them from the diet, then for some people, those symptoms can completely resolve. In terms of our metabolic health, so diabetes, heart disease, these are all related to sugar as well. And even high blood pressure is much more connected to sugar intake than it is salt. I, I think salt has been wrongly demonized. But when we look at the sugar side of things, that's the demon we should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. So there's some really good reasons right there to look and see if you might have a sugar addiction and then to address that and start changing your lifestyle for that as well. Absolutely. And you work with people one-on-one -on, -one on sugar addiction and changing that lifestyle. So could you go over some of your programs and services that you offer so listeners can get a feel of how they could connect with you or work with you in their healing journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I do run a nine-week group program, which gives you the tools and the skills to give you that clarity and the confidence you need to be able to not only eliminate your sugar cravings in the short term, but to really live a life free from, from what I call the shackles of sugar. So just breaking free from that feeling of restriction. And during the nine weeks, I lead you through determining exactly why you would want sugar freedom, because some people come into this and they don't really actually know why they want it. But knowing this is going to be really important for helping you to stay consistent and succeed long term. We focus on some mindset work because mindset blocks are huge. Some of those can be make or break in terms of your long term success. And looking at the food, which I think is probably the area that I get the most questions in, you'll be guided through the creation of a customized food plan, which is going to enable you to meet your goals, not someone else's goals, but your own goals. We focus on supplementation and figuring out what ones are going to best support you. And I also have a module focused on rewiring the brain because this is really big with sugar addiction. Like I said, once we remove the sugar, then our brain chemistry does really change. So I want to provide you in this module with the tools and the strategies to be able to prevent cravings before they even happen, as well as lowering stress and boosting energy and all these other, you know, positive side benefits, I'll say. And then nearing the end of the program, our focus really turns to establishing the strategies for continuing long-term success because the purpose of the program is to give you the opportunity to experience sugar freedom, not just in the short term, but long term. So that is a group program, but I do offer VIP spots as well for those who want one-on-one -on -one coaching within the group program. And then I'm also offering a Conquer Your Cravings Masterclass. So this is a free class and it's going to be on February 22nd. So just over a month from now. And we're going to go over four key mistakes that I find women making when it comes to trying to eliminate cravings. 
in the master class, you're going to learn what you need to do to create a craving free food plan without having to spend hours in the kitchen and you're still going to be able to eat out. I'm going to go over, like I said, those four big mistakes. I'm going to explain why trying to moderate your sugar intake is actually the worst way to try and control your cravings and explain what and how you need, what you need to do instead to really focus on the elimination of cravings. And you'll leave the masterclass with a clear steps, what you need to do next to really find that sugar freedom in your own life. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That sounds amazing. And just out of curiosity, there might be some listeners who think that they are too busy to put together a plan and actually change their lifestyle because it's easier to buy packaged food. It's quicker to live that way. So does this work for busy moms, for people who are busy with work, who have a lot of responsibilities? Can they also quit their sugar addiction? Yeah, absolutely. We do go through a lot in terms of time management, but I'm a mom. I have a very busy toddler who is only in care part-time. And so I understand the time constraints of working full-time with children and a husband and a house to run. So it's definitely something that you can do. And throughout the program, I teach you some really simple ways to have quick meals I have over 50 recipes, a meal planning guide, all of that. So I absolutely can sympathize with and understand the time crunch that we're all facing. So it's definitely something I take into consideration. Perfect. So there's no excuse to continue eating sugar. And this is a wonderful opportunity to connect with Rachel and find out how you can quit your sugar addiction if you think you might have a sugar addiction. And we will be linking to all of Rachel's offerings in the show notes as well. So be sure to check there for the ways that you can connect with her directly. And this has been another incredible episode. And I really hope our listeners have enjoyed the journey into sugar addiction as much as I have. It has been fantastic chatting with you on the podcast, Rachel. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Patreon. It was great to connect with you. Yes, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Take care. Bye now. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media and leave us a review. And be sure to get your copy of our brand new ebook called Break Free. Sending you love and courage and see you next week. Until then, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and the Journey blog.